Welcome back to another episode of Media Rewind on the Boom Howdy Entertainment Network. Boom Howdy. I am your host, as always, Dustin P., and on this episode, we talk AMC's The Walking Dead, Season 8, Episode 15, entitled Worth. But before we get into the episode, allow me to introduce my co-host. You've heard him here many a time. He is Genius McGee. Genius, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, a little conflicted about this episode. Me too. It me was, too. It was a slow burn for me, but it had a pretty decent payoff. And I'm a little bit on the same boat, and on some things I'm almost like reverse. Like it was quick and then fizzle. Okay. So there's a couple of things. I So we'll talk about that, but for the sake of brevity and also our listeners, we do dive right into spoilers. So spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. If you're it's like the next the next show is the season finale. Why the <laughs> fuck are you listening now? I mean, I mean we like, appreciate it. I mean but we, why? if you're just now starting <laughs> But if you're like, oh, I wonder what this Walking Dead show is all about. No, I mean, we. Why are you listening about a show that's like super spoilery? But anyway, you know what we mean. So thank so, you for listening, especially Lance from Uruguay. <laughs> yes, Lance from Uruguay. We know you're listening. Yes, thank you. So with that being said, genius, what was your first take on this episode? Like you said, I'm conflicted, man. There was a lot of different things. I enjoyed it, but I'm not sure why yet. Because we just finished watching it, and yeah. like we're still that's that's one good thing I like about the show. It gives uh, about the show that we do. It gives me a chance to like actually talk out like my actual feelings about. Yeah, it's like eating a big meal, but you need right. to digest a little. Right, like after you just see like, oh man, I gotta talk about that movie because I don't know if I like it or not. And each episode is like that, so that's what this one is. So let's just jump straight up in the beginning. Yeah, um, we we find that Rick is actually reading Carl's note aloud, mm-hmm. and there were some very sentimental points of that note, as you would expect, you know, yeah. from a dying son to his father. And Carl is still in his death, reaching out to Rick and trying to save what little of his, you know, his dad is mm-hmm. left. Not Rick, not right. badass Rick, not a, <clears throat> you know, not Rick the prick, anything right. like that. He's trying to save his, his dad. dad. Yeah. So it was it was very interesting for me to kind of hear Chandler Riggs, you know, kind of reprise his role as Carl and say those words. Mm-hmm. But from beyond the grave, <laughs> be a spooky. <laughs> but but you also see it hit Rick really hard because you see Judith walking with Michonne through well, yeah. the, the courtyard at Hilltop, and I think he's finally kind of doing a little bit of a spin to realize why, you know, why Carl was so hell bent on them making peace yeah that whole letter was just a call for mercy yeah and rightfully so yeah and so here's my question do you think at this point in time peace is possible well um for not wanting to jump into what ends the episode i would say from rick's standpoint no, I, I think he's so emotionally distraught about losing carl right and everything else that's happened with <coughs> you know you see some of the characters that they've lost. Alexandria is in absolute ruin. Um, the kingdom is in absolute ruin. I mean, you really have just the one satellite outpost with the hilltop. Yeah. Uh, I think he's just at the point now where he just wants to end everything yeah. so they can go about their lives. I, I, I think he is at that point, too. Um, without going on to the other side, we're talking about Rick. I think from his point of view, he's it's just too far gone. Yeah. I, I, I think... If he does not dispatch of Negan in a horrible way, Negan's just going to be a thorn in his ass for as long as he lives. For seasons to come. Right. So I did, there was one portion of the note that, that Carl was reading to Rick, or that was, you know, Rick was reading in Carl's voice that really kind of stuck out to me. And it was about 
you know, Carl said, you know, when I was three, we used to take walks and used to hold my hand and whatnot. And make he, those and times says, come back. Yeah, make those make those happen with Judith so that yeah. she remembers because she will remember. Yeah. And, and I thought that was really interesting because even with everything that we saw with Rick and Carl and their dynamic and, you know, you, you saw Carl be, you know, he was really, really happy to see his dad come back, you know, back in season you know, one. Right. And then all of a sudden he was really just kind of <clears throat> the angsty teen you know, because he was seeing all these bad guys that were getting the best of his dad, and his dad was this just this broken person. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it kind of came for a full circle again, and he saw what a what a just guy his dad could be. Well, and even he even called him out in that letter. He goes, "I've seen you at your worst, and I've seen you at your best. You can make those best times come back again." You know, it's it's like that old adage. It's not when we lose somebody. It's not necessarily. Um, what we've spent on them or what we did. It's just what we've done together. Exactly. And so it harkens back to that, that he was saying, plus like, yeah, he knows that he, his dad is a just fair man when it comes down to it. You know, does he make mistakes? Does he go off on weird benders? Does he just worry about all of his stuff and things? You know, well, he does worry about his stuff and things, right? Consistently. But at the same time, He's still a just man. So I think Carl wants those times to come back. Not only for... I think he was using Judith as a metaphor for what he wants. And not even not even a, a slight metaphor, a full-on thing. What he wants Rick to be as a leader. He wants to make that peaceful. Be a benevolent king, if you will. Right. As opposed to like... You know, a Lannister. Yeah, he right. salt, salt the earth, kill right. all, kill everyone in the village, kind right. of ruler. Right, and, and it was it was very interesting because we get the actual title of the <coughs> we get the title of the episode from that letter. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, every life is worth something, which is fitting. I mean, and and he spoke directly to Rick in saying that. And I mean, even Negan is mm-hmm. worth something. That's why he wants to reach out to Negan and and you know get this Pax Romana kind of going on between him and Rick. Right, because I think really Carl knows that. There is nothing left but absolute destruction for both sides if it continues. Yeah. I mean, one side is not going to prevail in this Mm-mm. because I, I think that the, the two bulls that are going at it are so pig-headed that they won't allow the other person in it and they won't re- you know, relinquish any type of power. Until one is completely wiped off the face of the earth. Exactly. And it, that's just you know no good for anybody involved because they need strong leaders in these communities. Right. So... I don't know. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. And then we actually see Michonne get the letter out of the out of the dresser drawer that Carl wrote to Negan. Mm-hmm. And we'll hold on to that one for a little bit because that plays out further on in the episode. Yeah. But we see Gregory back at the sanctuary with Simon. Fuck Gregory. He is such a weasel. Oh my god, to see him get to see him weasel his way out of shit again. I gotta give it to him. I hate that fucking guy, right? But he is good at weaseling out of shit. He is he is the a, little finger of the walking he dead. Totally is. He's a master manipulator. And now he just needs to find his Sansa. It's Margaret. Hello, Margaret. You know? <laughs> just like But he needs to get got, but I did I, I did enjoy the fact of watching him work. You know, especially against another per another bad guy, if you will. But 
One, I did like seeing that weird move. That that, that was Trevor odd. Did. It was odd, but it was effective. Just it was like, like one of wham. It was like one of the old school like Steven Seagal like license to kill moves, where he just like grabs his hand and pulls him to the floor. Let let gravity do the work. Work harder, not or work smarter, not harder. I mean, just, it was it was just really weird to see because it, like I was like, would that actually work in real life? I, I mean, I was thinking about it, and you know what? It would. I mean, because if he because he was in the corner, listen here man i'm gonna tell you how i'm gonna do flip you know because gregory was is, is slippery enough for it to work it wouldn't happen to anybody less greasy yeah just that grease <laughs> just that slippery grease helps him like slide off the table easily just <laughs> so and, and from what we've been seeing in the past couple episodes <coughs> we see simon trying to usurp negan even more uh-huh and, and try to gain this power with all of these different players and whatnot um and gregory is just just kissing his ass from the step one get. to step like 99. But it saved his ass. Yeah. Because Simon's like, I was going to fucking kill you, but now I guess you're my coffee bitch. Yep. So. I mean, a, a Gregory is, is kissing his ass, and he said, you know, Negan was too unconventional. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. Come on now. Fucking weasel. Fucking, he needs to get. God. Oh my God. I hope he dies horrible. Horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible. I'm telling you, him and Carl's Jr. They needs to go, but I'm glad he wasn't in this episode. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we get some interesting, you know, backstory with the Weaselage. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the he... The Weasel. No, he, he's not even... No, he's sure not even cool, He's part. Bobby the Brain Heenan Weasel. He's I mean, not even that cool. He's just a piece of shit. Gregory <laughs> is a fucking piece of shit. God, I hope he dies. Well, tell me how you really feel there, right? genius. So, we, we jump from the, the back and forth with Simon and Gregory at the sanctuary to mm-hmm. Cindy and Oceanside, and they see... They see Aaron out in the middle of everywhere, emaciated, dehydrated. Marquad the cat person. Just kind of yeah. just coming out and like <laughs> shaking people. I like I like it. I liked it. I liked it. I really like this whole thing. I have beef with it though. Cause like I, I I don't know if you want to I just say we just finished this whole Marquad thing, this, even if it jumps back in time. Oh no, go ahead, man. Okay. I, I I'm all for it. I, I want to see what you got with okay. this one. So fucking he comes out like a cat version and he did a great job taking on those walkers when he had nothing. You know? No but, strength. Right. No hydration. Right. <laughs> At first I was like, man, fuck you, Marquad. Get up and kick some ass. But like then I realized he's been out cat people in. No, no water. He was over there, like, yay, it's raining. Like, so he can like gather up water, like apocalypse movie, which is which is weird because he's the most apocalypse in an apocalypse show. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he's out there, cat people, and whoop, and so finally he's all emaciated, and I really enjoyed that fight scene that he did because like improvising although when he was looking for the knife it was almost too bumbling it was like yeah, it was almost like a three stooges and i was like pick up a fucking stick lunkhead and so finally he picked up a fucking stick right he's doing the curly shuffle around in the mud he comes out come on you child ahead oh 
Wow, that went that went off the rails fast. Somebody just out of nowhere, a wealthy dowager comes in in a pie and just comes <laughs> <out>. <laughs> and he eats all the pie because he's so hungry. It's a walker, but it, ah. it, it, it was really cool, at least from my standpoint, with the practical effects that they did with the walkers mm-hmm. and how everything was just muddy and dirty and nasty. Mm-hmm. And he was still able to fend them off because I mean, Aaron honestly is a pretty damn good fighter. I mean, yeah. He he's he's a pretty good soldier in this war. I mean, <coughs> and, they and he's almost a, a really good diplomat too. Because I mean, how long has he been out in the woods just, I, I guess, just, stalking the oceanside community? And they did a good job making him look emaciated. Oh yeah, you know, just yeah, making the dark him look circles like, under the eyes, just like walkeristic. I'm telling you, he turned into that one. Like he's still in the woods. He's out there, right? But. I I liked the speech that he gave when like after the fight and they all had all the the bamboo spears. Uh-huh. I liked the speech, but I thought it was almost too much. Like, come on, team, let's fight. You know, it was it was just at that point where it was on that line where it can go too much cheesiness, where it's like, oh, that's so fucking cheesy, or too much like bravo hand clap thing it was right on that line where I it was honestly dude that tipping point passed for me because it was, was it, just like was it cheesy it was like, the sanctuary the saviors you, took everything from you you must fight and then, uh-huh. he, and then he passes out in the mud i'm like i just wanted now. the little girl to be like stick and just like, just stab him in the, just like right in the liver like oh that's enough of that he's not a walker anymore right, or like double tap him in the head stick stick you know and i'm you know what? This is going to happen. You know, this is what's totally going to happen. This is going to pull, and we're going to go into conjecture land with this, but they're going to decide they're going to fight. That that last minute Marquad speech, like his last breath, he's not dead, but he's definitely. They can never take our freedom. Right? To the sanctuary. Right? They're going to come at the very last minute, right, when Negan has it, the Scooby gang on the ropes. Oceanside the, are the Knights of the Veil exactly, in the Battle of the Bastards. Exactly. They're the Knights of the Veil. They're the fucking um, eagles in the Tolkien stories. Nice. They're uh, the fucking, the last line of defense. I mean, like, they're coming out of nowhere. They're Henry the Red and you know, Army of Darkness. That's what's going to happen. I guarantee it and I'm gonna eat it up with a spoon cause I love that shit I don't know why I know I'm gonna bitch and complain about how it was too easy but somehow I always dig that shit and I'm like yes me too man I'm, I'm very much into like the you know cause I Honestly, I mean, we we covered it on you know re, uh, rewinding thrones right during the battle of the bastards, dude. I literally cheered yeah. when I saw the knights of the veil. I hate the fact that I love that shit so much. You know, I hate because I know it's corny and it I don't know make it's you cheesy. a bad person. No, it doesn't. It just makes you predictable, right? But at the same time, like yes, and so I know I'm I'm, I'm going to be so happy when Riverside comes to his rescue. <laughs> Riverside? You mean Oceanside? <laughs> same fucking thing. <laughs> so we ju- we jump forward after that little, I guess the the rousing speech from Marquand, um, <laughs> and, and we see you know Eugene in the bullet farm, you know making all of the bullets, kind of keeping the, the the people motivated, and that was some nasty shit. I'm not gonna lie, that macaroni and cheese and sardines, that was some Klopekian epicness. Mm-hmm. Me and you lived together for a while, and yep. we lived on a diet consisting nothing of meatballs and ramen noodles for about a good month and a half. And Dr. Pepper. And Dr. Pepper. But that was some repugnant shit that they were making. Uh, dude, I have yeah, I was in college for a very long time. Not not something I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've eaten some pretty low-brow, I'm talking like you're scraping the, you know, the bottom of the butter tub, 
you're trying yep. to find like a piece of cardboard to eat it on. Mm-hmm. And it's just Chef like no RD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, you you eat some just repugnant shit, but I have never put macaroni and cheese and sardines together. I have never ever wanted to with garlic. Oh, with yeah. garlic, garlic, macaroni and cheese and sardines. Those are all. Aside from the sardines, garlic is a wonderful thing. Garlic is a wonderful thing. Before I'm I part be- Italian, dude. I, I cook with garlic in everything. I love garlic. Before I became lactose intolerant, macaroni and cheese was a wonderful thing. Oh, that's I mean, a go-to jam, man. You it's get great. Five for a buck. Oh, yeah. Sardines, they can fuck off. But two out of three ain't bad. You know? <laughs> so, like, but if you fuck it up like that, it's like if you have 10 pounds of ice cream and 10 pounds of bullshit and you put it together and you just winds up with 20 pounds of bullshit. Right, so yeah. So, you just ruined all that. Like, even the, even you one of the girls... You just better hope it's chocolate. Even one of the girls said, like, that's a waste of good mac and cheese. And, like, yes, it fucking was. At least put, like, tuna. That's something. Yeah, I mean, at least it gets you a little bit of something. But, but sardines, that is some Clopex shit. Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've... We've eaten sardines on live air before. It is some gnarly shit. And, and if you like is- sardines... I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't be friends. <laughs> Gross. So we see that uh, Eugene is inspecting a lot of the bullets, and he notices that one of the primers is too long on the bullet. Mm-hmm. He goes down to Father Gabriel. We find out that Father Gabriel is sabotaging the operation, which, which we thought he was going to do anyway. Which is like, yeah, which is almost once again, almost too predictable. We knew it was going to happen. Yeah. He's, he's got no, what else are they going to fucking do? He wants him alive. So, yeah, and, and Father Gabriel finally divulges to Eugene that he's scared to die. Mm-hmm. You know, he thought that this was going to be... He didn't want to hurt anybody with the, these primers being, you know, these bullets malfunctioning or but anything But he was like just that. hoping to turn the tide. Right, he was just hoping that his friends weren't going to die in this in this war, mm-hmm. which I think we're well beyond that point. Yeah. So, you know, Father Gabriel's trying to save a little bit, and so Eugene pulls him off the, pulls him off the line. I hate dictator Eugene. Dictator Eugene, you can drop the tater on that part because he's just odd. He, I hate Dictator Eugene. It's it's so out of his character, and, and I know he has this is his given purpose and his drive, and he's good at what he does. And I'll give him props to this on something later on when we get to that point. But just his whole tone, his manner, his demeanor—it it sounds funny what I'm about to say, but it's not him. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know him personally. It's a fictional character. They're going to do whatever the writers say. But we've grown to know this character. This is so uncharacteristic of Eugene. Yep. And it's shockingly so. To the point where if this was, like, real life and I was his buddy, I'd be like, look, dude. You're fucking up. Something's going wrong. Whatever you're dealing with, you fucking stop it. You need need to get more fiber in your diet. Exactly. (laughs) You you need a Snickers. Get a haircut. (laughs) You know? Do something. Because it just ain't working. So it's 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 very. I hate interesting. it. Yeah, hate it's it. it's interesting to see his character dynamic because I mean he's he's a timid character overall mm-hmm. in, in the storyline, and it's just so odd and he's, to see he's him. He's smarter than this. Maybe that's yeah. he's smarter than acting like this. That's what I'm thinking. That's maybe that's. I think he's just power tripping. Honestly, yeah. I think that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think for the it's fir- a defense mechanism. Well, no, for the first part in his life. I mean, you, you think about his journeys back with Abraham and Rosita. Mm-hmm. You know, Abraham was telling him what to do all the time. You know, he was, you know, yeah. do this, do that, you know, don't do this, don't do that. So Basically, he, he won shit and he wasn't going to be shit. And he was the same way when he was in Alexandria and, you know, the, the, the survivor's community. Yeah, he still wasn't shit because Rosita was like, look, get the fuck out of my way. You're a piece of shit. You don't know what they're doing. Right. 
And then now Negan has actually found a found a purpose for him, mm-hmm. and he's actually given him worth. Mm-hmm. You know, quote worth. I'm yeah. bringing it back to the episode. Yeah, you know, so he's giving him worth to be. You know, this very important and integral part of the the saviors winning this war against the survivors. And I think, you know, to to all of the, the I guess, the detriment to the communities and all of the, the negative things that we can say about Negan, he is a very good motivator of people. Yeah. I mean, this guy is... He gets shit done. Yeah. He's like a Tony Robbins of pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's a good motivator of people. He knows how to push people's individual buttons. He knows how to cater his communication to those individuals. Whether so, through I mean, fear, yeah, whether through gifts, exactly. whether through whatever. He False knows. flattery. He you know? knows how to get them. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what Cult it's... Cult of it's, personality. Yeah, it's it's what's playing uh, into Eugene because, <coughs> you know, with as smart as he is, he is a very weak-minded character. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you you see the, the dynamic there, and it's just like you said, man, for him to be this dictator, this angry, I guess, authoritative boss just doesn't fit well for the no. character for both of us. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Eugene coming, you know, in, into the end of the the season. So let's keep going with Eugene because, like, yeah, okay, let's so keep going with Eugene. Yeah, we might as well. And we we see that Eugene goes out to get, you know, essentially to test fire these bullets to make mm-hmm. sure they work. Pew pew. Yeah. Good job, Norman Reedus. I know that was dope. <laughs> damn, damn good job there, Daryl. Shoots one guy in the uh, shoots one guy in the head, mm-hmm. and you know they they take Eugene captive, and and they we're talking to Daryl and Rosita. Um, what they're gonna do is essentially just kidnap him back to the hilltop. Yeah, and that little dynamic there. I mean, you can tell that Rosita is just super super pissed. Of course, and she has every fucking right to be super super pissed because Dwight's fucking up, and you know what, Norman Reedus, he. Really, he doesn't have a dog in this fight to be that pissed at Eugene other than, like, you know, being a traitor and turncoat and stuff. Right. But not a personal level like like Rosita does. But for him to get in his face like that, good job, Norman Reedus. I say yes. Like, you need to put some fear in this motherfucker because that's the only thing he responds to. But the only unfortunate thing is with Daryl is that half the time he lets his emotion cloud his better judgment. Very true. I mean, we saw it with the Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Tara Reedus plot line that but we talked about. Somebody needed to call him out on his bullshit aside from Rosita. Rosita needed to call him out on his bullshit because Rosita knows how to get to him. But somebody other than Rosita. Because Rosita's yeah. always been harping yep. on his ass. Yep. And I'm with you on that so one. So he's used to that. But it was good for Norman Reedus to say, look, I'm going to fuck you up if you keep talking and keep talking that shit. Because you are one Nat's ass hair away from a... <laughs> Beat down like you're never gonna get, you know. You're you're about one flippant remark away from getting an arrow in the eye, right? <laughs> I will cut your mullet, right? So it, it's interesting to see Daryl actually <coughs> step up and you know be this just angry person, right? I mean, I mean we already know Daryl is, yeah, grumpy Rita's, but it's 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 it, it worked in this part for what yeah, it really did, and, and we see, I mean. Everybody will see it, you know, the whole throwing up piece of it on Rosita to, to get smart. away. It was smart. Yeah. It was smart. And it would it makes Rosita instant bait. That's true. I mean. Because I mean, now she smells like sardines and mac and cheese. And she that's, smells ha- like, that's half, you know, digested. She smells like the inside of somebody's food. I mean, like, basically, if for the walkers, she smells like if you, if, you were, if you weren't a walker, if somebody opened up a Chipotle burrito and put it on something... Okay. Oh, you know, I mean, it's just yeah. what it is. So that was a good plan. I, but here, 
I did think it was interesting, though, just to see how much anger that Rosita's been harboring. Because her line, yes. we're going to stick you in the darkest hole, and the only time you'll see the light of day is when you when we need you to teach us something. Yes. And she was every bit as uh, serious as a heart 100% attack. 100% true. And you know what? I even wrote down, I said, God damn, Rosita, in your face. <laughs> Shake <laughs> that. <clears throat> and you know what? Maybe that's what needs to be done. Yeah. Maybe. That's very true. It's like when a dog misbehaves. I'm not saying we should treat Eugene like a dog, but when a dog goes and fucks up, sometimes you got to, like, look what you've done. You've done bad. Go sit in that room and think what you did. Or, like a kid, go fucking time out. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah, Eugene needs a timeout. Yeah, he needs a big timeout. An ass kicking. He needs and a, a timeout. He needs to be on Easy Street. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. But no, you, know you don't know. You know what they need to do? They need to put him in a box with Barry Manilow's Mandy. Oh, that would be epic. Yeah. Or find something like crazy techno music where he can't think. Oh, yeah. Some like some like EDM just on mm-hmm. repeat. Uh, like the opening scene from Blade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The they can bath. even do the bloodbath no, thing, but they got, even, enough, they got enough slurry. E- they, even better. Sandstorm from Darude. Is that the Hillbilly version? That's awesome. That's a great remix there, Tina. But you get a Hillbilly. <laughs> Speaking of Hillbilly, there it was no way that once Eugene escaped, he would get caught by Norman Reedus. Why do you I'm, say that? I'm 100% sure because Norman Reedus is used to like animal and human and walker prey, or human prey, like regular, like shit, let's get out of here. Eugene thinks on such a different level. We saw it. He hid in that thing. He even left like shining tracks to like lead him away. And then he went in the thing. Hillbilly justice would not work against Eugene. And I, I don't know, dude. I, with as good of a tracker as Daryl has been that we've seen in the last episodes, I am calling 153% bullshit yeah? on that Eugene thing. You think so? Because there is no way in hell that he had that big of a, a head start on Rosita to be able to leave those tracks and then cover himself up in a pile of ash. It wouldn't be that hard. It just like and then you know like, what? We're gonna react reenact this this weekend in my backyard, and we're gonna see. I'm gonna give you 15 seconds mm-hmm. to get through my fence, go hide underneath some ash, and I'm gonna see if I can find you. Well, that's true. I mean, 15 seconds. Oh, fucking! I can't even open up your fence door. I can't even get out of the car in 15 seconds. I'm just saying. But I'm I'm calling one not 150. 153% bullshit on that. I don't know. I think, I think like, we don't know the time displacement. And, you know, Daryl was clouded with emotion. And, like, oh, shit, let's go. Let's go get him, you know? Maybe he pulled some solid snake shit. I think, I personally think that that was a, that it, in the real world situation, like, if this was, like, <laughs> like the deadliest game, like, I could, there's no way. Back in Daryl Dixon. But in this fictional show... You got angry Daryl Dixon versus like brilliant, scared level. out of his mind Eugene. But brilliant, like because when he's scared out of his mind, that's when he thinks like that's some when of he them... goes all beautiful mind. Right. So like I I, I think like you know hillbilly justice oh, wouldn't work in this situation. I'm still calling 153, percent but I'll <laughs> give you that one. I mean, for the sake of moving our episode along, yeah, because <laughs> you and I can debate that until the sun comes up. <laughs> Drawing diagrams like fucking MythBusters and shit. <laughs> 
But that's just I got just, a beret. <laughs> so that's just one of those things that I just I for this episode I just I just could not get over. Yeah. I mean, and that was the one that was just like I, I started thinking about it when it happened. And I'm just like, oh man, <laughs> it just come took on. you out of it. It did. It did. It well, took me out for a second because then the next part we see he comes back and being in the deep super dick. Yeah. He he's like even worse. And yeah. I, and I think it was you know exactly what Rosita said to him. He, I think that severed his entire connection to the survivors. Yeah. It really did. Yeah. I mean, because he was like, yeah, let's do something with our useful, uh, our useless lives. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think now Eugene, if he was not 100% Negan before, yeah. he is 153% Negan. <laughs> so Because they treat him like a valuable asset as opposed to someone who's going to be in a hole. Yep. Okay, throw that's, him in the hole. That's absolutely true. And now for the big, 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 big part of this episode, we have to talk about... Negan, Dwight, Dwight, Simon, Negan, Simon, and how everything has played out so far with this. (sighs) So, let's just dive into it. Mm -hmm. We see Negan have a lot of sidebars with, you know, Simon. Mm -hmm. We see Negan have a sidebar with Dwight. Um, And then when he has all the generals at the table, you know, he tells Simon, you know, you have done some fucked up things. You have been a sociopath. And I, I can't guarantee that he mentions Oceanside because he doesn't say it by name, but he does mention... He does he he said, mention all you, the boys you, in you that community. He killed all the men and the boys in that one community. And mm-hmm. by, I guess you would say, you know, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, that is Oceanside. Yeah. So did Simon, you know, kick off that whole you know, mass murder? I am absolutely positively sure he did. Yeah. I mean, I mean given, it's his given what we saw at the trash compound. Right. And then even, and even Negan said, like, when I first met you, that was not a question if you would have done that or not. Yep. You're a goddamn mad dog. Right. And he's 100% right. Simon is off the chain. He's a dangerous human being left to his own devices. Yeah. He really I mean, is. Even in, even before society collapsed to the walkers, he would be fucking Trevor from Grand Theft Auto. Exactly. I, I mean, and I mean, you know, the more we talk about it, that's that's absolutely true. I yeah. mean, you know, Simon is is unhinged, un you know, yeah. derailed. He is just so atypical of what this world needs. Mm-hmm. So we we see we we see Simon uh, bravado, just yeah, bravado, just, you know, cock of the walk. I'm, I'm glad you're back. This, that, and the other. But how goddamn tense was that scene when oh, he had him was, on his knees? That's actually what I was getting ready to talk about. Holy that shit, that was intense. Tense. You know, Negan finally tells him, you know, what what the hell was up with the the trash people and whatnot. So Simon, you know, is, is begging for forgiveness. You know, no bo- boss, this isn't going to happen again. Negan tells him to get on his knees, and I'm thinking Lucille's coming. Yep, because right you see, for his you see ass. Negan oiling up the the handle of of Lucille. Here comes the pitch, and it, it got super super tense, super super dark. And Simon was even ready. Yeah, he knew because he was dead to rights, caught. Yeah, and, and Negan even says, you know, is that all? You're you're not even going to make a move, and he goes, there ain't, ain't no, no move, move to make. make. Either so, way, I'm fucked. Exactly. So Simon knew that you know this was coming. Well, mm-hmm. Negan doesn't kill him. And, and that should have been his first red flag. If I was, if yep, I was Simon, exactly. I would have got my ass out of there quick. Exactly. Just boom. So you know, we we kind of go a little bit further on, and we see the interaction between Negan and Dwight, mm-hmm. and you know, Negan's trying to feel out the the whole you know dynamic there, and trying I, to figure out why he's been so kind of shady and quiet and. But I knew that whole fake plan, that whole meeting, that whole pomp and circumstance was all a ruse from the word get. Yep. I knew that that plan was going to be a fake for you can sniff out the mole. I wasn't expecting a lot of the shit that went down later, but I was 
I know I was like, that's a fucking plant. Ah, oh, don't fall for it, Dwight. Yeah. Don't fall for it. You it, know? it was it was too good to be true that mm-hmm. all, all of those people were were let in on this plan. Right. Because it wasn't just the lieutenants, it was some of the underlings as well that kind of mm-hmm. knew about this plan. And I would like to point out again you that were right. I called it. You were right. The woman or the person that Negan picks up on the side of the road was the lady from the blockade where you know Dwight turned mm-hmm. and, and you know showed his allegiance to the survivors. And I it, yeah, I mean you had conjectured that it was Gregory. I still held true that it was you know because we didn't see Gregory get in the right. car. I had I was so hell bent knowing that that had to have been that girl. And you were right. So I mean, see, and, it was a, and it was a good guess too. I mean, either one, but yeah, it was. I mean, because the, the very first part of the episode, we see Gregory back in the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, I, you know, even at the beginning of the episode, I'm thinking, oh, maybe it was Gregory in the car, you know, yeah. because we know Negan's back. So it, it's interesting to see that come about, and you get the oh shit moment on Dwight's face when he realizes, yeah, yeah, I'm fucked. Ooh, yeah. But even before that, <laughs> that sucker punching ass Trevor. Cause oh yeah. That was a good fight. I enjoyed that fight scene. It wasn't like they live. It wasn't a great fight, but it was just enjoyable enough for like, this is brutal. But here's the thing. I wish something more would have happened to Simon. Instead of just being choked to death? Yeah. I mean, I knew that that was the end game, and that was kind of like, you know, set up my enemies so anybody else can see I'm going to turn him into fucking, uh, fucking walker. Yeah, he, he's tied to the fence now. Yeah. He's a, he's a defense walker. Uh, uh, and I, I did think it was kind of cheesy. I mean, WrestleMania did happen tonight. You know, we're recording this you know, after WrestleMania. Yeah! And got to give big props to Negan because he's totally dropped the Ric Flair line. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Yeah. You know, so. Woo! <laughs> So we, we see like this, you know, this fisticuffs, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fight between Negan and Simon. And honestly, I thought it was a good fight. I thought it was a little lackluster because honestly, if, if Simon's beating the shit out of Negan, it's going to be kind of hard for Negan to come back just all of a sudden and be like, oh, look at this. I got the upper hand. Sucker punches too. Yeah. Sucker punches. Yep. So, and you know, we, we kind of divulged earlier, you know, Simon is, is dead now. You know, he, he got choked out by Negan. Which sucks because I always like fucking Trevor. Trevor yeah. was the man. Steven Ogg's awesome no matter mm-hmm. yeah, what he is. Yeah, he is. So whether it be video games or, you know, post-apocalyptic zombie movie, uh, zombie shows. He had a good run. Yeah, he really he did. He had a good run. He he had some really, some of the best moments in this season were from Steven Ogg's character himself. Like, bullshit! I mean, so, just like... That needs to be on a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Just uh, his it, face like, Aah! I'd buy it. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> so, you know, Simon is dead. Yeah. Dwight has been found out. Um, we, we know that was that, intense, too. That, that, was, whole, that was super intense. That whole scene where, like, you know, where, where Simon got busted. Where By he comes the out like, all right, either you're with me or you're against me. So we're with me. And then <laughs> and just like that, like, oh, fuck. I done fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> that, so that was that was an interesting sequence. Jeffrey Dean Morgan played scary very well in this episode. He's a scary dude. He was in very intense and scary in a lot of different. And, and I gotta eat my I gotta eat my words from some of the previous episodes, man. I mean, you and I have talked about this off air as, as well, but I wasn't too sure about Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan. 
because like we've talked about before, you know, Negan to me from reading the comic books was always like a bulkier guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he was always a more sinister guy. And then we get, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's portrayal of Negan and it's more charismatic, cocksure kind of, you know, cock of the walk strutting around, and, right. you know, with the good with the one-liners and the the whistling and stuff like that. And I wasn't too sure how that was going to translate for me, but Honestly, Negan is becoming one of my favorite characters. He's a fantastic bad guy. Yeah, he really is. Because he's complex. He's complex in his simplicity. Yep. You know? He's just a horrible human being. He does atrocious things. But he still has a little humanity. But he's got a little bit of humanity. Well, not anymore. But but he's still, he's just charismatic to make it work. Yep. He he has to motivate the people, and that's what he uses to motivate them. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, you know, we, we alluded to it earlier. You know, Dwight gets the plan, makes a duplicate map, uses Gregory as his courier to deliver it back to Rick. Which is bad move because he shouldn't get got. Hey, but guess what? Gregory's in jail. <laughs> Again, he's in Hilltop jail. Yep. All alone this time. Sorry, Gregory. Oh, I hope he gets I hope fucking Carl's Jr. takes him out horribly. 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 And, and then the even bigger reveal is we find out that Negan fed Dwight false information to get mm-hmm. Rick out in the open to where mm-hmm. he can end this. So it's it's interesting for me to see like all the pieces kind of get set up. You, I can tell you right now that episode sixteen, the season finale, is not going to resolve anything. I mean, we're going to have a lot of death. Yeah, uh, we're going to have some some players I think get removed from the chessboard. Yeah, but we're not going to get any kind of resolution to the Rick Negan storyline. Do you at think all. it's going to be like we'll meet again? God, I hope not. I mean, you and I talked about that. I think the past two episodes, how it's just getting old. About the whole Negan getting getting away always. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be anything like that. I just think they're not going to do any kind of big reveal in terms of who's actually winning. Yeah. Well, I think so too. But now that we know that, like, and we see later on that after Negan hears the letter from Shone being read, Negan stopped giving a fuck. He goes, you know what? Too bad. You know, I like the guy, but I, I like Carl. But he's asking for peace. Fuck him. The, everybody's got to die. Because he had to kill everybody now. He's had so many losses on his side now. I mean, between the just the interior interior conflict between him and Trevor, um, between the turncoatness of Dwight, between all the the losses that he's got, because he's got he more. taken a lot of losses. He's got more L's than he's got W's in this round. Of Take that fight. L, Negan. Right. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I think just like we said earlier. Rick is done. He he'll try. He'll like, hey, hey, you want to do peace? No, I tried, right? But when it comes down to it, it's got to end. And I think Negan's like, you know what? Fuck this shit. It's got to end too. So I think at some point in time, I'm hoping the next episode it does end. If if it doesn't, it better be something crazy. Some aliens better come out of nowhere where they got to team up and fight. Something's got to happen. That dude from Ancient Aliens, right? Negans, right? <laughs> Just like a bunch of like alien zombies, like brains from the future, you know, or something. But it's got to be big. Somebody, these there's too many people that need to go. And it was interesting to see. They trimmed a lot of the fat on a lot of the other episodes, like of the of, of the hilltop yep. and all that. It was good to see that the the saviors got the, a lot of the fat trimmed off there too. Absolutely, yeah. There were just way too many people just just in <laughs> <Yeah>. the shots. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's going to be interesting going forward. But you know the the ending part of the the episode was Michonne 
reading Carl's letter to Negan. Mm-hmm. Now, all right, this is just my my instance here. You know, Negan goes, "Well, I wouldn't kill the messenger, may you know, uh, maybe." Boo! I'm sorry, but Negan couldn't take Michonne. No, no, no. Michonne would whip no. his ass. No, one that was a corny line. Yeah, and two, <laughs> and two yeah, Michonne would fuck his world up. I mean, even with Lucille. Yeah, she chopped no. it right in half with that sword. It, yeah, exactly. It would look like an infomercial chop. Yeah, yeah it, it would be ridiculously bad fight for Negan. So it would end horribly, horribly, horribly and, awesome. And I thought it was interesting to see uh, Michonne be the one to read that letter to Negan and not hand deliver it. Um, I think Carl is still speaking to her through all of his words that he's written down because they're good words yeah well i mean they were the best words but uh, (laughs) i mean it was a good message and it was nice it was it was it was a good message and i think carl had a lot of thoughtfulness behind every one of his messages not only to rick and negan but to also michonne and and their you know their friendship and their their love for one another is really what is pushing michonne to try to broker a piece Mm -hmm. you know because otherwise that note would have just stayed in the dresser drawer and negan would never found out about it and while technically it's probably falling on deaf ears now for Rick and Negan, it's still good to know that there is a little bit of that message still, especially in Michonne, and possibly still in, in, in a little bit of Negan, definitely in Rick. I think Rick just needs to get over this hurdle, and he can truly make things better. Yeah. And, and I honestly, I do think that it's it the, the words of Carl, or you know, we, they've talked the about it in Carl. the show. That, yeah, the book of Carl. Um <laughs> and and Carl said, "Let there be one eye." <laughs> but but no, you know, all joking aside, you get that that character is kind of inter, interwoven with all these characters, these main characters, and the way that he chose to go about, you know, kind of giving his last will and testament to each of them individually. I think honestly, they're going to see the error of their ways. They're going to yeah. see all the destruction that they're bringing about by just having this this you know machismo moment. And I think it's actually going to end well. I really do. Because what better person to call somebody out on someone than someone who's about to die? They know they're going to die. Like, what are you going to do? Kick my ass? You know? <laughs> Look, I love you, but here's where you're fucking up. Yeah. You know? And so, and especially when it's coming from, I'm not saying that Carl's innocent, but at the end of the day, he's still a child. Very I mean, true. he's had to grow up and do some terrible, very adult things. He's still a kid. He's still got that innocence. He's still, uh, you know. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. But he still has that hopefulness that there still can be more out there. The world has beaten him, but it hasn't broken him. And so when you have something, words from something that honest, calling you out on your bullshit, where you know for a fact, like, damn, you're right. And the best part about it is he's not just siding with one person. He's not siding with Rick. He's like, no, you're fucking up too. Yeah, he's calling everybody out and yeah. that's that's like good on carl you know i think when i'm gonna go i'm gonna say here i made some notes for everybody <laughs> pass them out read them if you want fucking you can read them i'll read i'll read them to you right now you know <laughs> genius book on tape <laughs> but i i do think i think those those words from carl are going to be more pivotal than what we think they are because i mean we see the anger in jeffrey dean morgan with negan we see the, the just the pain and the the brokenness with Andy Lincoln yeah. or Rick, and, and then also the the longingness that Michonne's showing for just needing a connection at this point because she doesn't have Rick anymore. Rick's very standoffish now to her. Yeah. So I think once everything gets said and done, then things are going to get a lot better. So it somebody has to get got. It has to end. This war has to end next episode. 
you know well i mean if if they follow the same formula you know the walking dead always has you know huge opening huge season premiere mm-hmm. you know big mid-season finale big mid-season premiere and then they also have a very pivotal portion on the the season finale so with that being said i you know what was your take on this episode on a scale of one to ten ten being the highest i'm gonna go a little bit lower because like while i enjoyed this episode for next and a lot of pivotal things happened with the death of of of, of simon and the, all this turncoat thing for the the penultimate episode it seemed a little lacking it seemed a little slow too much of a slow burn for something that should be leading up to something bigger it should have gave us i i feel like i i really dug the episode but at the same time i didn't so that's why i'm gonna go six and a half yeah and i was thinking about that too when we first started talking yeah yeah, there's something i i think it was maybe a pacing issue or maybe the fact that I still don't like Eugene being a dick yeah, and I don't yeah. like the fact that now there's no going to be any more Simon. You know, there's a lot of other things, but there's also something that I can't put my finger on that I did not like about this episode. You know, I, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm actually going to go with a six because like this episode for me was like having a really kick-ass sandwich, but having soggy lettuce. Yeah. You there's know, something it, bad. There's in it. something off. Yeah. There, there's something wrong. And, and you really can't tell what it is right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be like, you know, Eugene's dickishness. Right. Um, the, the fact that Rosita was, you know, Rosita and Daryl were so angry. Um, the, the three stooges moment where, you know, Marquand is like, you know, fighting the zombies and the, you just, you don't, don't know what yeah, it is, but I, there is something that's off. That Eugene Chase scene that they did totally could have had yakety sacks in the background. Yeah, they just needed a gorilla and a cop. that's all they needed. Exactly. A gorilla and a cop, and they needed to go through a couple different doors. I think there was interesting things and a lot of interesting ideas explained a lot of very good pivotal scenes. I just think pacing-wise, maybe, it couldn't didn't find its footing. Yeah. I think it was kind of all over. It was kind of all over the emotional map. You know, and I think some things that were trying to tug at the heartstrings tugged too hard, or overly tugged them. Yep. That and so that's why I think, like you said, that sandwich thing, perfect analogy, where you still have a great sandwich and it's still tasty, but there's just something about it that just doesn't make You're lacking the tangy zip of Miracle Whip. Right, where you know the sandwich could be much better. Yep. You know, so you're going to go six and a half. I'm going to go a little bit lower with a six. I do want to remind all of our listeners that we do have the season eight finale next weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will be posting the episode immediately following on that very next Monday. So with that being said, I'm your host, Dustin P. On behalf of Genius McGee, I'm going to go eat me a casserole.